This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Hello, everybody. Hello. How's it going? You're listening to Laurie and Lynn's show. We never introduce ourselves in the first part, so just so we don't, we're clear, even though the intro had just happened. What a week, Lynn. Yeah, what a week. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of things. Last Friday, I went to New Jersey and um, had our taxes done by a guy that we've been going to for probably um, mm. 25 years. We did the math when we were there. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. Everything worked out just perfectly. And on the way back, we decided to stop at a restaurant in Strasbourg. Right, we decided it wasn't East Stroudsburg, but it was Stroudsburg. Uh-huh. Called Mementos, and it's set back in off the road. I don't know what it was in a former life, but the guy who bought the restaurant and is the chef is uh, classically trained from the Culinary Institute. He's originally from Italy, still has a heavy Italian accent, and the food is absolutely fabulous. Uh-huh. Second time I've been there, and I would say to anybody go. It is really a cool place. The food from the start to the end, desserts from the breads and the salads, just incredibly fresh and really good. So we had a wonderful time there. Really enjoyed that. And then where, then where did we go on Saturday night? We went to Alfredo's. Didn't we? Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, <laughs> we ran into a, a wedding that was actually there. Yeah. With, was Believe it 30 it. some people I were there? I think so, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a good thing we got the, the notice Beforehand. that they were on their way yeah. so uh-huh. we could get our order in. But that was uh, that was interesting. We yeah, never even got to the... going to a wedding at, at Alfredo's. Yeah, well. Reception, anyway. Yeah. But they had a good time, I'll say. It seemed anyway. It seemed they did. Do. But we, uh, we never even got to the lake this weekend because uh, well, of the weather. Well, that's okay. It was so, a yucky kind of... Uh, who needs it? Yep. Rain, rain, rain go rain. away. Well, of course, and I have just completed today, your Thursday, as we're taping yesterday, the St. Anne's Feast of St. Anne Day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And 10 days straight, baby. Did, you did it again. Yes, I did. And I'm very, and I said yesterday, I was telling Deb Peterson that I love when it's all over. Not, I don't mean, but when you, that sense of you, you did what you were, what you set out to do, that sense of accomplishment, those little things you put on in, on yourself and you say, I'm going to do it and, and you do it. And it's not that it was, and I don't mean that like, oh, it's arduous. It certainly isn't, but you know, putting it into your, making sure you get there, doing what you got. It's, it's, um, it's a commitment. And mm-hmm. I, I, it was very, it was good. It was a nice, beautiful day. And, um, 
just I'm, it was very I'm very happy because it's very um, enlightening for me. So it was good, very good. Did you hear anything more? Um, any more comments about uh, the priest's comment? No. I asked a few people about it, and they gossip? said, yeah, I heard that. I did hear that, and, but they didn't. They said because of the follow-up, they didn't think anything of it. So, Oh, all right. I did, but that's all. You know, that's, <laughs> okay. What are you going to do? We'll let him go. All right, you're going to give him a pass I'm on this one. Huh? pass, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. But what happened uh, from that point forward? You were seven more days that you went there for Novena. Yeah. Did you hear anything else of any interest? Um. Well, yeah, there's always, you, you hear so many things um, that you take away. But the la- la- yesterday, um, was it yesterday? Um, yes, was um, Martin Luther King's daughter who this priest had met. And she said that when he was, she was a little girl, her name is Yolanda. Mm-hmm. When she was a little girl, whenever he went away and would come home, he would, she would run to him and he would hug her and hold her and then he would, walk around with her and put her up on top of the refrigerator and he would say Londi I think he called her or something it was a cute little nickname jump and she never would do it she was always said I'm I'm not like she was she was and she he said why won't you do it she said and she was afraid so um one time there was a threat on hit well I'm sure it was many times because I don't know for sure but a threat on his life and he had he came home that night and um, she said she could tell he was really deep in thought, but he still, nonetheless, she ran to him. He put her up on the um, refrigerator and he said, jump, jump, Londi, jump. And she jumped and he caught her and he and he hugged her and he was, so he said, never let, you know, never be paralyzed by your fears. Like, d- d- you know, don't let it stop you from doing what you need to do. And, and so what the priest said at the end was after that was the beginning of his sermon. And then at the end, he was talking about um, taking risks and not being afraid and not letting like fear of airplanes like I have and different things fear don't let them stop you from doing what you want to do face your fears mm-hmm. and and then at the end he said so in, in the end um his last part was jump mm-hmm. you know don't let it just jump and he said jump god will will catch you it was what the end was about so he always which i always like they tie that back into what they start out with and and so that was sort of you know what what this was and he said that at one point he said he's afraid of heights and this little boy said to him would you would you climb up to the top of uh notre dame cathedral and he said absolutely not he said and he was talking to two little boys because he he was afraid of heights and the little boy said if i hold your hand will you go and he said so you never know where christ is present is what he was saying like the littlest hands of a four-year-old trying to say if i hold your hand will you go meaning that's going to take away your fear so that's that was more it was all about that fear base and and i don't like want to sound like i'm preaching religion i'm certainly not because i'm far from that extremely spiritual i am but those are the lessons um you know from being a catholic and a good girl my most you know my life and doing what i want to do have to do it years ago and want to do now mm-hmm. um it's important to me to do it and so those are the things you take away because they're like in any life lesson but that fear face your fears and do it because i'm sitting he goes and some people are afraid to fly and i'm thinking are you talking to me because i am and, and you know those are things you're limited yeah. by because you're afraid right mm-hmm. 
So in other words, that, take a step, take a is, ju- jump, you're going to be caught. What mm-hmm. does that stop you from doing because you're afraid of flying? Well, I don't, I should go out to California to see Tommy. He's yes. in San Francisco and I have, I've been there plenty of times before, but I just haven't gone since he's there and I should make a point to go. Yeah. I have been, as you know, without the aid of um, drugs or alcohol, <laughs> gone to Florida and having no issues. But, right. you know, going six exactly. hours on a plane when I haven't been on in a long time, that's, that is, that's just, mm-hmm. it's the, it's that lack of, con- it's just the control thing. You're all the way up there and like two and a half hours is one thing you can sleep and you're there six five six hours just a little i had the same fear of flying flying yeah Yeah. i mean absolutely beyond petrified i would you talk about people sitting in a seat white knuckling it i yeah every little thing that happened on the plane i freaked out you know like the they bring up the landing gear and lock it into place oh I thought we were attacked. Uh, right. I thought we were going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went through that so many times, and I don't know what broke it. But at some point, I guess what I learned was the more you do it, and the more times you do it and nothing happened, the more comfortable you are in doing it. I still don't ever, I don't like flying. I would prefer not to fly. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't bother me anymore like it used to. I can get on a plane and go. I mean, if I got through some of those stupid storms that we had in what we call the puddle jumpers between... Well, they're the scariest. Oh, mm-hmm. They're the worst between here and um, Philadelphia, here and one of the other pubs. They are the worst. Well, you know what? Flights. I decided that I think if you, you know, we were talking about first class and in the last couple of times I've twice that I've gone in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, I've gone first class on purpose because I thought that at least there's nobody next to me or you're not squished in or you're not in the, you're, you just feel like more comfort or whatever. Um, so I forget who I was with and like, you got to be kidding for two and a half hours. You need to, I said, it's not even that it's the comfort level that took away some of the fear of, because it's also that and someone said, oh yeah, right. And they said, no, really, if I go once a year on an airplane, I want to go first class. And so you pay the extra and you do what you have to do. End of story. It's just like anything else. If you want something, you just you're gonna have to pay the difference for it. So that's what I said. I'll go as long as that's how I can go. Well, the worst one for me had to be the nine-hour trip. No, I couldn't. I between Frankfurt and no, no, Mm -mm, that I won't. It's not even the fear as much as I have no tolerance to sit that long. Like no, it was horrible. No, it was horrible just to have to do that. Yeah, and, and when Tommy tells me he's in Europe and he's so he has to come across the country and then oh I, he said last time it was 11 hours I'm like how do you do it or people go to Australia or the Far East in 17 think. hours mm-hmm. no, no. I do it. now I, I did go to it. Hawaii a couple times as a young child like a young kid and then older as an adult and I it, that drove me crazy too but I didn't mm-hmm. have as much fear that because again this was all pre 9 11 yeah so oh, that's okay. Yeah, but I, I think that there is some value in what you said, the le- the life lesson of walking through your fear and uh-huh. doing things that you're not comfortable doing because when you get on the other side of it, you go back and think about it and say, hmm, wasn't that bad? Right. And that's good. That's the way and, to do it. And the other way to look at that is I did do it, and people look at it and think, what do you, what do you mean? That you, why would... What, 
that's stupid to be so afraid of a well everybody's fears are real to them so you right, can't right. really judge although i do and think why would you be afraid of that but that's just we all do that it's human nature to to judge that but they're so when i do it and face it and, and go on that airplane that was a big thing for me so having finding something that enables me to feel less afraid like the first class thing if i go once a year why then that's fine that's then if that's one thing I can do, then I feel better about it. Then I do it. Okay. That's just, it just makes me feel there's just less crazy. There's people. It's yep. I hear you. Yeah. Cause then the claustrophobia thing kicks in. Oh. It all just then <laughs> keeps going. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, all right. But anyway, so we're going to take a quick break. Enough of this airplane stuff. And uh, we'll be right back. We have another guest expert with us. We have two today. Uh, Barbara J. O'Hara will be last. But up next, we have the lovely Miss Kathy Reppert, who, Reppert, who is the uh, one of the best cakes in the world. Comes All of the best cakes come from Truly Scrumptious. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. Okay, everybody, we are back. You are listening to Laurie Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. And I'm also the author of a book called Power of the Purse, Carefree Finances, Baby Boomer Women. Available on Amazon.com. And as I announced before, we have the lovely Kathy Reppert with us. Kathy is the owner of Truly Scrumptious, which is located on Wyoming Avenue in Kingston. Good morning. Kathy, hi, welcome. How you doing? Good, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Uh I notice a big smile on your face over there. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, watch. Yeah, drum roll. (laughs) Drum roll, please. So is there something you want to share with us and all of our listeners, Kathy? (laughs) Yes, I do. What's that? (laughs) Well, uh, I made a huge decision over the past few weeks. I mean, I've been thinking about this for the past couple of years, and um, I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire from from Truly Scrumptious. Um, My last day, the the date of my last cake delivery will be May 26th, 2018. So I'm still taking orders. I still... I spoke with all the brides that I have contracts with and explained what I'm doing. And um, I'm so I'm moving on to the next phase of my life. I'm 58 years old and I'm ready to do that and spend more time with my family. Do you know what the next phase is? No. Ah. <laughs> working fewer hours. Yeah. <laughs> working standing a, less on your feet. Yeah, standing less on my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking about consulting actually. Um, because I do have a lot of business experience and, um, and cake experience. Yes. And cake experience (laughs) as well. So we'll see, we'll see where it takes me. Um, Kathy, you've made a lot of big life decisions over the years, um, and had some, you know, um, things hit you out of left field that you didn't expect. And yet you sit here now at the age of 58 and saying, I'm going to make a firm decision that my business, and you've been in business for how many years in the cake business? uh, 15. Yeah, so 15, which is a nice round number. Um, (laughs) You've been doing that a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when you get to that point and you can say, because so many people are, they want to do it. And you know this, Lynn, they back it off or I can, let me get through this and then I'll do it. Right. What do you think was the true deciding point? Like, how did you know? And once you said, I'm going to do it again, facing your fears, mm-hmm. right? Oh, right. Yes. Because that's a big thing. It is scary. So when you said, when, when someone was saying to you, jump, Kathy, make that decision, it was scary, but when you did, how did you feel? Relief? Oh, like So freeing. Yep. Uh, so freeing. What a relief. Um, and I'm healthy now. Yeah. So that, I, I just went to Sloan Kettering within the past couple of weeks and had my annual checkup and all the blood work and everything. And I've been healthy for a while, so it just seemed to um, back up the decision even more. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Yay! So I'm... I'm so relieved. I hope to sell the business as well as the buildings. My husband and I own the building. Uh, there are two apartments upstairs as well as Truly Scrumptious Cake Studio. And uh, so that's the plan. It's a commercial kitchen. Right? Yes. Yeah, commercial, commercial kitchen. It's, kitchen. it's a commercial zone building. Mm-hmm. Um, so... How many, what are the apartments in the upstairs? How many? Uh, there two, are two, two apartments. Two one bedroom or two bedroom or what uh, are they? They're both two bedroom, one bath. Okay. And um, the, the each are about eight, 900 square feet. Okay. So they're on the smaller side. Um, and then the cake studio is 1,600 square feet. And I mean, it's it has top of the line commercial equipment. It's, I, I would call it a turnkey for mm-hmm. someone who either wants to continue to do cakes or a small, really nice upscale um, restaurant or yep. a wine bar. Or catering business. Yeah, catering. Yep. That would be outstanding. And mm-hmm. we do have tables and chairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it would, you, you could do so many different things with mm-hmm. that space. And uh, we also have a wet, full basement. I mean, I'm sorry, a dry basement. <laughs> wet. Yeah, Everyone wet. What am that. I thinking? I'm thinking about <laughs> the wine okay. bar, so I'm thinking, ooh. That's all right. That's cool. There's a selling point. Yeah. We have a wet, we have a wet bar. A wet I thought basement. you were going to say we have a wet bar. I'm thinking, whoa, where's that? No, uh, dry basement. Yeah, dry D-R-Y basement. D-R-Y capitals. Oh. <laughs> Even in those storms that we had the past few weeks, there's no water in the basement. Yay. That's, that's terrific. That's so, a good uh, thing. I love it. No, and I, I use... <laughs> I have a couple storage rooms downstairs, and um, so um, probably at the next time we tape, um, I'll let you know who the realtor is. So okay. don't call and ask. You have to be represented either by an attorney or a realtor. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, at that point, I will have signed the papers for someone. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Good. So So, what did your brides say when you called them? They were very supportive and they thanked me for telling them personally because the last thing I wanted, you know, when you're a bride, it's a very emotional time and there's a great deal of stress in the planning process. And the last thing I want to do to any bride is to add extra stress to them. So I wanted Uh them to know personally that I will still do their cake. Everything's going to be fine, but I wanted them to know and I wanted them to hear it from me. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. and they were very so supportive. May of 18. Right. Is, so are you going to do an official retirement party or something <laughs> on June 1st? <laughs> I've actually thought about that. I think you should. I think you should do it there. You should have a big blast of a party. Yeah. The last wedding cake I'm doing, it, 
It's for the daughter of this family. I've been doing them from almost day one Mm -hmm. that um, I started Truly Scrumptious. And the mom was the school nurse at Wyoming Seminary Lower School and took care of Caroline, my daughter, so many times over the years. And she, um, their family has ordered so many cakes from me. So that's the date of their daughter's wedding. Oh, that's, so that's nice. How, that's how I'm ending it. So it's kind of starting and ending book bookends with the same that's family. That's very nice. Ah, I so. like the way that works out. <laughs> that is. That's cool. Good. So oh. when you when you decide these things, um, when when I know you've been contemplating, but like, how about Dave? What was his? Oh, he's so happy. Oh yeah. Because he, he really? doesn't have to do any more work with her because he was oh, doing with her every, I didn't know that for he everything. Would, he would be he happy. doesn't have to deliver. Oh, oh he's so happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And Caroline, my daughter um, was, because from whenever she could remember, I was always doing cakes. Right. Yeah. And so for her, it's very bittersweet. It's mm-hmm. sort of an no end of, of her childhood and... Um, yeah, no, no yeah. pun intended. <laughs> but but it is something I I've been thinking about it for a few years, and uh, I think more so this year. And I, I think um, just being nostalgic because Car- my daughter graduated from college, so it was sort of the end of a certain period of my life and the start of another one. Yep. And and I think mm-hmm. um, um, when I when I had my checkup few weeks ago I, it was okay this is it that this was is the, the icing on the cake yeah, right the, oh. Oh. <laughs> the icing <laughs> on the cake well really i mean think about know, that you, know, you make the decision you, you you face the fear and then you go to the doctor always facing another fear because yeah. just because you go in one year doesn't mean it's just like anything oh, you do I know. you never know and right. then you walk out with that feeling that has to be man it's like, oh, thank goodness. Wow. And, you know, talking about what the priest was, uh, the homily that, that you heard, um, I wish I had heard that homily. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just did. Yeah, I kind of, <laughs> you just got the synopsis. <laughs> Father, Father Cadden just told you. That it <laughs> <laughs> we need women priests, but that's way. another show. Yeah, we need women yeah. priests. Exactly. But um, that's good. No, and, and sometimes it's tough to do. I can't tell you there, and I should not be saying this on the radio, but there have been times when I am afraid and I postpone the appointment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's... Um, and it's the worst thing I can do because if there is a problem, that's something that I have to face head on and just yep. run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you just have to do it. It yeah. is, that's just the way it is. It's part of my life. It's my normal and mm-hmm. um, and I have to, I, I just have to do it. It's like so. somebody said, rip that Band-Aid. You know, when you think, oh, it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt. Just do it. And do it. There you go. Yeah, this one. Ooh. Yucky. Yeah. So, oh, why, do you have a Band-Aid on over there? Well, I yeah. had some blood work done this morning. So, you oh, know, so you have to rip it off. So I have to rip it off. Rip it, go ahead. Do it. All We're right. live on air. Here All she right. goes. Here one. we go. Ready? It's going to stick to the hair one, on your arm. One, two, two three. Three. Yes, there you go. See, a very appropriate ending. Yes, there you go. Well, Kathy, let everybody know how. um, Obviously, let's reiterate. Kathy 
is closing her business next year, May 18th. I'm so retiring. Retiring. That's I'm not a better closing. Way. Closing. She's <laughs> holding. She's she is retiring her business on the 18th, and but she is working full force and crazy right. until that point. Right. So if yes. someone needs cake or whatever you offer, whatever you can do, and they are looking for till that point, how do they get in touch with you? Eatcakefirst.com or um, 570-283-CAKE. There we go. C-A-K-E. I love it. Eat cake first. Remember that. Always will eat cake first, right? <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, Kathy. Good oh, luck. Thank you. And, uh, Best luck. wishes. It's a wonderful oh, thing. Thank you. Wonderful thing. And Kathy will be on through the end of the year talking more and more about what retirement. she's doing for you and retirement. <laughs> Not and closing. Your fears. Retirement. Retiring. <laughs> Retiring. Mm-hmm. Get it right, Laurie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be right back with attorney Barbara J. O'Hara. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back. You're listening to the Lori and Lynn Show. I'm Lori Cadney, owner of Lori Cadney Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I'm the president and CEO of Northeastern Financial Consultants. We're a fee-only financial planning firm in Clark Summit. I'm also the author of, of a book called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on Amazon.com. There you go. And with us today is our guest expert, one of our guest experts, Attorney Barbara J. O'Hare, who has been practicing law for about 36 years, family law. She is a partner with Hughes, Nichols, and O'Hara on Drinker Street in good old Dunmore, Pennsylvania. And Babs is with us, as I call her affectionately, but Attorney O'Hara to all of you. No one calls me Babs. Nobody calls her you. I, but I say this every I, I time. I don't even like Babs. I love but Babs. You do say that. But you know what? My sister, I call every Babs, I, every barber I know Babs. No, none of them like it, right? No, well, my sister does. My sister really? doesn't mind it. But then I'm we'll reserve tell you, it for your sister. If I were called Barbara, that would I would want only somebody well, to call me Babs. Because would. of the infamous and the lovely Bob, Bob uh, Streisand and her Babs. I love it. But anyway, ba- Barbara. That's, that's all right. She lets me get away with it. Yeah. You want. I'm sorry, but you, you can get away with it. Here we go. So what's up? What are we talking so, about today? I like to bring up timely I like how close things. you're sitting to me today. I, I, and I, I do as well. I love it. Um, I, I like to be timely in this stuff. And, of course. And I do divorce, custody, and support in the five-county area around here, Lackawanna, Luzerne, Susquehanna, Wayne, and, and Wyoming. And what's going on now is everyone's jockeying for position for custody of, of their children. Well, vacation uh, is pretty well over, More but school? now it's school. Oh, okay? okay. So what used to be a quiet time in the family courts uh, being the summer is now a very busy time because everyone is trying to get custody of their kids situated for the school year. Because most courts, not all of them, but most courts don't like changing custody or primary custody of a child in the middle of a school year, which makes sense. Absolutely. So. The questions come up of where can I send my child to school? We can send your child to school if you if the child if you are the parent that has primary custody, that's where the child should go to school. But if you have joint legal custody and you've recently moved, you really need consent of the other parent. So it's not just okay, fine. I was living in Luzerne, now I'm living in Lackawanna, and now I'm just going to do this. So. 
number one, you really do need the consent of the other parent. And if you have primary custody, the child should be going to, to school there. What happens a lot of times now is when you have shared physical custody, and then it's a tug of war between what, where they would go to school. So if the child's been going to school one place, more likely than not, they should remain in there. But there are a lot of, a lot of people that at this point do a grab and say, well, I don't want the child to go back there and now go to school where, where I live. The next problem becomes busing. Mm-hmm. Because people think, and I don't know why they think this, but people think the school district should bus to wherever my child needs to go. Well, they're not going to do that. Right. They're going to bus with, you know, they, they will accommodate you if you both live in the same school district and the child on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday will go to mom's house and on Wednesday go to dad's house. And typically they'll allow you to do that. It can be kind of tough on young children to know what day is it and where off at which bus stop yeah. <clears throat> exactly mm-hmm. exactly and it puts uh, a lot I, of responsibility on them right because they're probably it does. fearful and to be honest with you i think that's really tough on yeah. a child especially a young child to say what day is it i had one custody case where the grandmother would put a penny if if the child was going uh-huh. back to mom's house in their shoe or a dime if they're going back to dad's house and the child would literally go to a shoe and see what day is it uh-huh. as to where do I need to it's go too bad they didn't have loafers true you know <laughs> what I think the- that would have resolved the <laughs> right, whole thing right think exactly. about it that would have exactly there are solutions to every down. problem <laughs> yes so you look at this and say um okay fine I have a case right now where the parents are up in, you know, one parent is in North Pocono, the other one's in Carbondale, and dad really expected that the, that, uh, the school district would, would provide transportation. And typically the public schools are not going to provide transportation outside of their district, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know, just because the two of you live at opposite ends of the county doesn't mean that you're going to get free busing for them. Well, you know, Barb, I have to say, I never really thought about this this way. Like parents who have the shared custody, really think, I, I never thought about what if you, because so many people I know that are divorced are within the same region, so it wasn't an issue. Right. But so then really, it's not that, an issue. Well, if but you're in a separate part of the county, that's, that's a what big ha- issue. What, do they, what happens then? Well, you might have to provide your own transportation. You know, have somebody go. So the bus is gone up, for one of the, the one of the couple of the days. Then yes, wow, yeah. And you know what? Then then yes, it's an inconvenience. But what else are you going to do? Or have the child go back to someplace and then you pick them up there? Okay, yeah, so like at a so friend's house or something. Yeah, maybe? or a let's say or? a lot of them are grandparents. Okay, so if the child, you know, four days out of the week goes to the maternal grandmother's house, then it makes sense on your day, then have the child go to the maternal grandmother's house. If you're out of district, you pick up at the maternal grandmother's house when you get out of work, because let's face it, you can't have a kid sitting there at the curb and that's unsafe in this world. And then you drive the child the next morning because that, that, that's what makes sense. Does it's not what people want to do, but it is what makes sense. But what, ha- Barb? Do you see people? And I, I shouldn't even say this, but I, it's going on in my mind, so I'm going to say it. Do you have people who deliberately move like far away to cause an yes. issue? Right. I, so I've just seen that to get at the other parent or something. I, right. I, I've seen that where they said, "Oh, what if I moved, you know, down to Philly, or what if I moved to Allentown?" Well, there's relocation rules 
So it you can't just say, I'm going to move, and your ulterior motive is to hurt the other parent mm-hmm. and limit the amount of time that they see. But people do that. And so the court applies a standard to say, okay, is the ulterior motive to hurt the other parent's time in seeing the child? Mm-hmm. Or it, are you really moving for because the better job? For, right. Or right, right, right. are you really moving for that? And, hey, frequently I'll have people say, well, you know, oh, I'm going to move down to here. And I'll say, you better have a good job and a better job than you have now. Mm-hmm. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. but Or for, what, the court would award to stay with the, the other The parent. court may say, you can go. But the child stays Stays. here. Yeah. Okay. And you can get them on weekends. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's not the, it's really not what they want to do because the court looks, looks at this and tries to preserve those relationships with a parent. So if your motive is I'll move two hours away, so dad doesn't see the child, then quite honestly, the court's going to see through that many times. And they're going to start asking logical questions about, you know, do you have a better job that you're going to? Or is it no job at all? Which, you know, there's, there are now all, um, standards for this. And you really need to look at those standards and say, could I satisfy them if I plan a move like that? So what you want people to know out there that it is not, it, it now is the time that if this is something that's taking place, don't wait. Act well, on this stuff to now. be honest with you, it's, it's probably late. too, it's late. too late. Yeah. Or, you know, you're running in on an emergency now. Oof. Which, you know, the court at this point, they're all jammed up because nobody's sitting there, sitting around waiting for you mm-hmm. to say August 18th, well, I need to take care of this now. Barbara, how does that work when you've got a situation where, let's say the divorce has already happened and one of the two spouses says, I'm going to remarry and my husband or wife lives two hours away okay. and has a great job. How does that affect? And, and yes. that person has primary custody? Yes. Okay. Then, number one, you need to send a notification. And it's required under the statute that you send a notification to the other parent. And you, there's a form to do this. The and you say parent. to the non-custodial parent, yeah. I intend to move. And this form has to be sent 60 days prior to your move. I advise people to do it as soon as they have an inkling that they might move. Because, number one, you need to give the court enough time to settle this. Because the last thing you want to do is say, okay, fine, my husband needs to start there October 1, and I'm not going to leave enough time for the court to do this. But the court might say is, hey, the child stays here. You can go off with your husband, and now you're in a limbo because maybe you're selling the house too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you can make things very difficult on yourself if you don't allow the court enough time to, to, to handle this. So back to that notice of relocation, you need to let them know, let the other parent know in writing where you're going to be moving to, the school district the child's going to, the actual school that the child's going to, and a proposed schedule of when they could see the child. So I have a lot of parents that, you know, they meet at Allentown right off the turnpike because yeah, they moved down to Philly and yeah. and the other parent's still up here. Mm-hmm. And people do that. That would be on the weekends. That would be on the weekends. So it's really going to be very impractical for you to try to keep up a schedule. Like you can't do a four hour round trip on a school night. Right. So what happens then is the court then awards the long weekends to the, to the, to the parent out of custody, awards more time in the summer, maybe a good chunk of the summer. Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, the week in between Christmas and New Year's to try to make up for that. The hard part is you never really have the same relationship with the child that you do if you're seeing them every day, every, right. uh, you know, every couple days a week, or, I mean, there's a lot of parents now that have 50-50 custody. If one parent then says, well, I'm just going to up and move, the court looks and goes through their standards of, should we allow the relocation? Now, where you're doing it in your case, where, okay, my my husband got transferred and this is a, a good job and there's no job left here for him, then the court's going to see that, number one, you're not doing it for a bad purpose. And secondly, are you proposing a schedule that's reasonable for the other parent to see the child? Or does the other parent then say, fine, the child can stay where they are and stay in the same school and I'll... I'll move for primary custody. And now all that could happen. Wow. So, you know, it's it, it's a big life-changing event. Yeah. But by the same token, you know, it, it's no longer just your choice of exactly. I'll just up and move. And I, I realize that puts somebody in a bind if their spouse says, okay, fine, now I'm moving. But it's not a foregone conclusion that that's okay. So Okay. Okay. How do you get so confusing, Barb? I don't what? know how you keep it all straight. It's well, it sad makes in for so every many day. Ways, though, every yeah. day is exciting. I know you got it. A different every day is a what's that word? Every day is a I don't know. Okay, it's a new one. I can't even think of it. Okay, I'll think of it. Um, anyway, Barb, how can um, people can get in touch with yeah. me? Uh, Thanks, Barb. <laughs> my office is in Dunmore. It's at fourteen twenty one East Drinker Street in Dunmore. And I can be reached at 570-344-7171. Thank go. you very much. Always <laughs> a pleasure you. to be with we you guys. We will see you next month. Same here. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Um, we are going to say goodbye. Have a good weekend. We'll see you next weekend. Please be nice. Or please be safe. And please be nice. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, heavy on the nice. Has part. to be in heavy the right order. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> right. Bye. 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 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.